Okay, Shalom Ubracha. Um, this week, the parasha in Yerushalayim, Eretz Yisrael, is Korach, uh, which is next week in the, in the diaspora. So it applies to everybody, because anyways, you'll need to hear this for next week's parasha, Bezat Hashem. There's a big difference between Korach and, and Aharon. And it sticks out in, in, in their attitude. Why you, We see why Aaron was chosen. Rashi says that Aaron and Moshe were chosen by Mipia Gvua. Hashem chose them. That's what Moshe was telling Korach the whole time. You think I personally chose Aaron for my personal honor because he's my brother and I chose to be the leader because, because of honor? You're wrong. We did everything because Hashem told us to. Even though Moshe told Korach that, still the Torah gives us the reason why Aharon was chosen. What was so special about Aharon? Aharon, believe it or not, his point was being able to be happy even when difficult. Where do we see that? We see that in Parashat Shemot, where when Moshe went to see the burning bush, and Hashem told Moshe, I want to send you to eat back to Egypt to save the Jews. So Moshe said to Hashem, but they already have the prophet Aharon. Aharon was already a prophet already in Egypt already. Okay? So Moshe was telling Hashem, why don't you use Aharon? You always use him as a prophet prophet to, to tell the Jews whatever they have to do. So Hashem said, I want to choose you. So Moshe Rabbeinu was very worried. He said, look, my brother Aharon is three years older than me. When Moshe was 80, he was 83 Aaron. Okay? And I'm going to step over his feet to be the prophet over him, to take the Jews out of Egypt. This really bothers me. Hashem said to Moshe about Aaron, don't worry about that. He'll see you, and he's going to be happy, not like you think. He's going to be happy that his younger brother is exceeding him to become the prophet over for all Am Yisrael to take the Jews out of Egypt, he's going to display happiness. This is something rare. The Rashi says, Rashi brings down from the Gemara, because of this joy that Aharon had, that he wasn't jealous about the success of someone else who's even less than him in ages, for example. Nonetheless, he was so happy, so Aharon merited to become the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, and have, the, 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 the wording of the sages is have the breastplate on his heart, over where the heart was. Because he had a good heart, the Pasuk says that. He'll have simcha in his heart. This is why he merited to have the, the, the choshen, the breastplate, over his heart. Okay? We see from this that the whole thing of Aaron is to have true joy even when difficult. Because technically this is difficult. Once Rabbi Nachman was telling Rav Nosen that it's a, when a person holds by this level, that even if I can't make it in life and succeed, the other person should succeed. Rav, Rav Nosen says, this was obvious to me. For sure I want for other people to succeed, even if I can't. If I can't succeed in becoming a tzaddik, so at least let other people succeed. If I can't succeed in praying and being good and everything, so let other people, other people succeed. So Vinosan says, but it's not so easy. Most people who start in serving Hashem, and then they have a crash, when they see younger people, less than them, beginning to enter the service of Hashem, 
and doing well. So it's the tendency, it's the nature of the older people to feel jealous about them and to put them down. Ah, you're never going to make it. You're going to fall like I fell also. You're going to fall also. Rav Nosen says, this is unbelievable. You see, what Rabbi Nachman was saying is so true, that if I, when I can hold at this level, that even though I am not succeeding, I am still happy for the success of somebody somebody else. Wow, that's a big level. That's true simcha. That's true, that's true joy. This was the level of Aaron. And Korach was the exact opposite. Rashi says in the parsha that the this parsha is explained nicely in in Midrash Tanhuma it's called. Midrash Tanhuma explains nicely. In there it elaborates the whole story of Korach and and and, and the details. One of the things that sticks out is it says there that Korach's downfall is because he took advice from his wife. But in his case, his wife wasn't as good as him. She brought him down. What was the case? That uh, Korach and even Moshe Rabbeinu, when they were inaugurated to be Levim, because Moshe Rabbeinu, as you know, he had to be, he was inaugurated as technically as a, as a Levite to, ser- to, to, to serve and conduct in the, tem- in the Mishka, in the Tabernacle, for eight days, the f- eight opening days of inauguration. And afterwards, the Levim took over, right? So Korach being a Levite, and Moshe Rabbeinu also, they were sh- completely shaven. Everything, their eyebrows, the pale, the beard, everything was shaven. All hair on the body was shaven, okay? So he looked like someone who, had, who, who had, was a Metzorah, a leper. Because someone who was a Metzorah, a leper, which is a punishment for slander, also had to shave all the hair, okay? So he was, very, he was a bit embarrassed because Korach was the leading Levite. He was the head of the of the tribe of Kehat. He was on, on like on the on the on the f- forefront of the Kehatim, who were the ones who were given the honor designated to carry the items of the holy of holies of the temple. In other words, the Aaron, the Menorah, the Shulchan, the Mizbeach. All these were carried by hand by the, the, the this group of Leviim, where where Korach was one of the leading members of this group. So his wife. He, he felt bad about it. He said, everyone's looking at him, you're all clean shaven, like, like we don't recognize you. Where's your beard? Where's your pale? They couldn't recognize him at all. He felt so broken. And when he got home, his wife even added to it. All this because Korach could not be happy with the will of Hashem. This was the will of Hashem. What are you, what are you, what are you upset about? It's the will of Hashem that, to be shaven like this. He said, no, but it, it felt bad. It was like a demeaning, uh, it, was, it was going under my true, my level, that I'm, what I'm deserving. So Korach couldn't swallow this, and he was hurt, and he was broken. And it wasn't that his wife was, you know, she's the one who has to be punished because of him. He already had in his heart an initiative of, he, had, he already had the negativity of being sad, and broken because of it, so his wife just developed it, because that's what a woman normally does, a woman is called Ezer Kenegdo, if a man has the marriage, she's an Ezer, she'll help him, and if not, Kenegdo, but she's there to help him, and whether to bring him up or to bring him down, she's there to help him, depends on the man, so in this case also, Korach was brought down more, until he felt so bad, he said he reached a point where nothing Moshe Rabbeinu says can be coming from heaven. Everything, we're going to go against everything. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't chosen from heaven, from Hashem. Aharon wasn't chosen. It's scary. The Midrash says that they brought 
tons of sacrifices to the Mishkan, and when the Kohanim came to, to request to take their part, portions of the Korbanot, the whole group of Korach and his assembly, they said, who are you to take? You don't deserve to take our parts of our Korbanot. Who, who says you? Are you Moshe Rabbeinu? Who says that's what he said? It's unbelievable the, how far the blasphemy went. All this because of sadness, okay? So sadness was the the representation of Korach, where he fell into, and joy was Aaron. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, you guys are doubting that everything I'm saying comes from heaven, so we're going to use an item that clarifies the truth in this case, bringing out who was the chosen one by Hashem. And that is the what? The Ketoret, the incense. Rabbi Nachman teaches the power of Ketoret is to lift up a person lift up holiness which is trapped in the depths the depths of exile the depths of sadness and to bring it up to holiness since Aharon in his nature was someone positive was someone happy that's why he was chosen to be the Kohen the high priest eventually Rashi points out that the breastplate was on his heart because he had a good heart the heart is the place of joy like Rabbi Nachman teaches it's a verse from Tehillim, where King David says, Natata simcha beli bi. You, Hashem, you've put heart in my heart. When you have beli bi in the heart, that's the seat of joy. Okay? That's why he was given the breastplate to be on his heart, because Aaron is symbolizing joy. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying the Ketoret will, will show who is the true, truly chosen one to be the high priest. Okay? If it's Aaron, it's going to come out. And if it's not, then whoever is not, the Ketoret also brings down someone who doesn't want to be happy. Since Korach already was someone negative, the Korach wouldn't lift him up. Sorry, sorry. the Ketoret, the incense, wouldn't lift him up, would bring him down even further. And all the other people, all this, the 250 Rashi Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish leaders, these rabbis, big rabbis, who also offered the Ketoret, they were all wiped out. Why? Because when a person has jealousy, you know, who is he? How come he has that? That is coming from a bad place. What is the bad place that's coming from? From sadness. So the power of Ketoret is or to lift up a person who wants to be happy, to bring him up, or to bring down further into the depths a person who wants to be sad and he wants to be depressed. A Ketoret will do that, will bring it down. That's exactly what happened. They offered the Ketoret, all 250, plus Korach, plus Aharon, okay, and... They're all wiped out, except for Moshe, except for Aaron. Aaron survived to show that he was the one chosen because he has the same attitude and a characteristic that's common with the Ketoret. The verse reads, I think it's in Mishlei, right? Shemen uKtoret Yisamach Lev, the oil, the anointing oil, and the incense they bring joy to the heart. Since Aaron already identified with joy to the heart, so he, was, he had a common factor with the Ketoret, and that's what lifted him up. People who had sadness and were jealous, who had the chutzpah, the audacity, to challenge Moshe Rabbeinu's authority and his authenticity to represent the word of Hashem, the Ketoret brought them down. So now, for us today, Rabbi Nachman teaches, and Rav Nosan explains this, this is why it's so powerful so important not to skip the Ketoret at the beginning of the davening. We say the beginning of Shacharit, the beginning of Mincha, 
the Ktoret. What's the power of Ktoret? It's to help you to daven with joy. Because it's a rule, it's in Halacha even, that a Jew cannot daven unless he's happy. Right? Also learning Torah requires happiness. But in the case of davening, a person who's negative and down and upset, oh, I woke up late, oh, I can't concentrate, oh, this guy's bothering me in my davening and this, and the person has all the distractions and he can't concentrate and, and he's negative and he, and, he, and he wants to encourage the negativity, so the, it's, it's bad. However, someone who wants to daven, wants to be happy, wants to be positive, and he just can't because he's overwhelmed with all these obstacles and distractions and negativity trying to overpower him. This is why Ktoret is so powerful. It's so important that a person never skip recitation of the Pitum Ktoret. In Halacha, and also according to the Kabbalah, they have parts of the davening that, let's, let's say for a person that came to, to shul late, what is he allowed to skip and what is he not allowed to skip? According to many of the Kabbalists in Halakha, such as the Ben Ishchai, for example, even if a person is late, he should never skip the recitation of the Ketorah. He shouldn't straight go right into Hodu like most people do, because in most shuls, davening starts at Hodu, right? Shacharit starts Hodu. Hodu at Hodu at 9 to 5, Hodu at 7.30. How about the Ketorah? <laughs> You're supposed to say it on your own, right? It's something so important, the Ketorah, never to be skipped, because the power of the Ketorah is to bring joy. This is one of the big messages that come out of the, the week's parsha, Parshat Korach Bezat Hashem. And we should use the Ketorah, even outside of davening. Ketorah, to recite the Ketorah, is so powerful. It helps lift up a person who feels trapped in the klipot, in the evil, in exile. The recitation of Ketorah, even like that, can help uplift a person Bezat Hashem. One should do their best, a state of concentration. Some people, they read, they read it on clef, on parchment. There's a special ketoret, which is written by scribes on, on, on parchment. Whatever you can do, recite it, especially part of the davening, shachrit and mincha, not to skip the ketoret. And in the merit of the ketoret, we should have simcha. And through simcha, see the coming of Mashiach and the building of the Beit Midash. And the final redemption where it says... Alright, Shabbat Shalom. This was a quick class here, Friday. Bezat Hashem. Have a beautiful Shabbat and a good Chodesh. Chodesh Tov, Bezat Hashem. Thank you for joining. Shalom, Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Recording